Welcome to the Gather Houston podcast. We are a Christian community practicing the way of Jesus in all parts of life and for the good of all people. Thank you for joining us today. Eva. Hi. My old friend. Yeah. Um, I know that your faith and spirituality and relationship to all of this is different. It is. Yeah, yeah. than it used to be. Yeah. So just why don't you just tell us about that evolution? Start wherever you want. <laughs> it was a cold, no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I grew up in the church and, um, actually at an all Chinese charismatic church till I was 12. And then, That's niche. Yeah, yeah, really niche. Um, my mom could play the piano there. And so, and it was a really loving group of people. I mostly remember being able to go when people were speaking in tongues <laughs> as a child. Um, and I used, I used to be able to run around with a tambourine, like it just free. That was really fun. And then I remember the food. The um, only thing that's presenting <laughs> itself to me are like inappropriate jokes. So just so everybody knows. Go ahead, um, sorry. But it was a, it was a fun way um, to enter church life and it was international, which felt really cool. Um, and then we switched to a all white five point Calvinist Presbyterian church when I was 12. So it was a really different ends of the spectrum theologically which I didn't know how to quite have a framework for it at 12 years old, obviously. Um, that's where I learned about hymns was at um, that Presbyterian church. And then I got to college and uh, I realized that doubling down on five point Calvinism, which is basically like God has everything planned out, who's saved, who's not, who's in, who's out. Um, that started to not work for me because um, it made me feel terrible um, to think about the people I loved being apart from me eternally. Um, and so I think that was one of the first threads. And then um, my dad passed away when I was 26, and that was the next thread of is hell real for me. Um, and then I, well, I should also say at 18, my best friend came out to me. And that's when I was like, maybe God loves everybody. Um, and I mean, I, we like were best friends. So we read all the books, like, you know, pray the gay away kind of books. And, and then we both kind of realized in the journey I saw how much it was causing him suffering. And I just thought to myself, there's just nothing wrong with you. Like you're so lovely and you also deserve companionship in your life. And that was a major thread. And then I went through a divorce um, about five or six years ago. And that's that was public. And so that presented itself um, and that I kind of anticipated being uh, not welcomed back in certain spaces. I had been leading worship all over the country. I was never on staff at a church, but sometimes six nights a week, you know, for like 80% of the year. And I loved it. I loved doing it. Um, I haven't been actually at a church um, leading worship in about three years. And so it felt really good to sing with y'all this morning. So thank you for having yeah. me back. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm sure like, it's a combination of a few things, but I'm sure the pandemic helped with that. But um, And so uh, I anticipated some pushback, but I got quite a bit. I also like publicly put out a record in a podcast called Divorce because I wanted people to know that I believe divorce is a very healthy, welcomed option for people in relationships that are abusive or destructive or dysfunctional. And I stayed very long in that marriage um, because of the pylons of faith, like theology that I had been taught as a kid, which was like, unless you're hit or cheated on, like you are there, you know? And there's a lot in between um, happy, healthy, functional marriage and like abusive marriage. <laughs> um, and it just, I hate to see people feel like they have to go all the way to the edge of the cliff and get pushed off. 
um, I think that we can prevent some unnecessary suffering if we just have more honest conversations about how to be um, really loving and kind to yourself, your neighbor, and God in the process of trying to figure out how to be a human being and be in a marriage. Um, and so that kind of had a lot of pushback. And it, in some ways, it sort of freed me from the, like... Can we, what kind oh, of pushback? Oh, um, I mean, I got some emails and some okay, public yeah. comments. Yeah. Um, I mean, those are from people I don't know, um, so that doesn't bother me as much. But um, I noticed that I went from, like, 100-plus invitations a year to play down to three. And I also noticed that uh, this is so technical. My Spotify plays um, got cut in half and never came back. Um, and th that's real. Yeah, though. that like, is real it's metrics. Real. It's money. Yeah. 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 And then um, a lot of like unfollows. I mean, I hate social media, so whatever. But uh, <laughs> but again, like it matters, it, and you notice. Yeah, there, I notice. I can I can yeah. feel it, and there's that feeling of like when you're about to go into a new space. And I was just talking with Josh about this this morning. Like, there's this idea of like all are welcome, um, if or but you know. And I knew that like it was gonna. I'm divorced was going to come out, you know, and, and then like three years ago, two years ago, um, I finally just went public from my Christian facing music front, which is called page CXVI, um, that I'm all affirming, like, not just like you can be here and worship with us, but you can't be in leadership, but more like you are loved, you are equal, you deserve all things. And that was kind of like, I feel like the final door closed on me and um like one guy put out a podcast he spent an hour and a half theologically tearing me apart which i thought was kind of funny <laughs> but um it was mostly about like um they had like uh elevated my music seven years prior so he felt the need to warn his audience about you know the bait and switch of my theology is kind of mm -hmm. how he put it but um and i think honestly um I uh, had also had some personal experiences with people I knew, and those were the ones that really were painful. Um, people who say, like, I love Jesus, and I, I believe in the words of Jesus and the teachings of Jesus, um, but then they shut me out of their life um, because of, I was really honest. I, you know, after all that stuff started happening with me publicly, I was like, I think I need to really think about why I believe what I believe. And I started to notice that, there seemed to be an inconsistency in proclamation of faith and then the behavior of how people were being treated in the spaces that I was in. And I know that there are churches and people who, you know, say they believe in the fruits of the Holy Spirit and they're really enacting those with the people around them. Um, but it just felt so bizarre to me that you can say God loves everybody, um, but then not if you're like this, or not if you love this person, or not if you have this color skin, or not if you're in this body, or not if you have strong opinions, or <laughs> not if you have curiosity, or not if you have doubt. And yeah, I am, you wrote this bridge today. I did. That I, says God's love is not confusing. Yes. And I thought that is a great way to yeah. put it, right? That yeah. just like this isn't this doesn't have to be yeah. that complicated. Yeah. That it, we say something and yes. we actually mean kind of something else. It's yes. like, no, we just mean it. When yeah. we say that God loves everybody, we'll just leave it there. Yeah. You don't have to, no fine print. Yeah. I mean yeah. the whole reason I switched that song is because there are so many songs I don't know how to sing honestly anymore. And then also ask people to sing with me. That feels like the real doozy, you know? And so that bridge used to be, I am bound for the kingdom once you come with, once you come with me. And there's a lot of um, even patriarchal structure in that language that um, discourages me sometimes. And so I just thought, I should just rewrite this outro. So I like texted Josh yesterday. And I was like, here are like four new lines that I'm really good about. 
And um, yeah, and, and I also like, I feel really okay with, with people who are in disagreement with me, I should say, about ideas and about belief, because ultimately, like I've changed my mind several times thus far at almost 42, and I'm more interested in just being with people than um, making sure they check the box of like, here are all the things that we agree on. Now, I will say I've had to develop boundaries with that. And one of those boundaries are, are you causing yourself or those around you harm by the beliefs that you're stating? And that has um, helped me, um, I think, create safer spaces. And, um, but yeah, that's kind do of you, the thing. Do you have beliefs for yourself that you can now look back and say, that was causing me harm to hold that belief? And you've kind of left that behind yes. now? Yes. Yeah. I think um, for me, uh, Believing that people are lost um, or blind, for me, I should say, sort of to develop this idea of like, I shouldn't take what they say like with a lot of respect or seriously. Um, and that created a posture of like, we we're unequal, you know, in the sense of like, well, you're not being informed by the Holy Spirit, so like, I shouldn't really listen to what you're saying. And that really puts up a wall. And that happened with my dad a lot because he wasn't Christian as I was growing up. He was Muslim. And so I think that I um, didn't take him very seriously um, because he was lost or blind um, because we disagreed about, you know, how heaven and hell and God and all that stuff works. And that's really unfortunate. I think one of the gifts I've got, I've had or is a really diverse group of people in my life in Nashville that hold a lot of different kind of belief systems. But the people that I'm close to, they are all like living the fruit of the spirit. They are so kind. They're generous. They show up when we need each other. They're there to listen and not judge and hold space. And honestly, when I'm like kind of losing my mind, they remind me of what's true in this really gentle way with like no condemnation. And so I think that is a primary one. Um, and then obviously I think the idea that like God hates divorce really impacted my life. I spent 12 years with my ex and I was really there because I was just trying to be loyal. I was trying to be good. I was trying to do the right thing. And I don't think it ended well, not just for me and him, but for some of the people around us as well. I, I can't change the past and it is what it is, but I've thought several times, like, I wonder if I had had the courage to say like, I think we're hurting each other a lot more than we're helping each other. If it would have spared us some unnecessary harm. Um, and, and, for the community too. The community was harmed as well. Um, So uh, I think about that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So on the kind of flip side of that, what are the uh, values, ideas, beliefs that right now feel really important? You said these other things harmed me and I'm leaving them behind. What feels like the thing? Yeah, I think um, I had uh, my only only child. I had my son 16 months ago. So um, I like kind of stopped praying for five years and then the day he was born, I was like, oh my gosh, I have no control over anything. And I like, <laughs> all I want to do is protect you and keep you safe. And the world is full of sharp corners and edges. And like, what do I do? This is terrifying. And then they just give you the baby and like, you just put him in a car seat. Like you've never done that before. And then like you drive home and then you're like, everyone's driving like a maniac, you know? Um, so I think I started praying again. Um, honestly, when he was born, because I didn't know what else to do to calm my anxiety. 
And even the thought in my mind of even if God isn't real, what is real is praying is helping bring my nervous system down back to an equilibrium. So I'll just keep trying that. Um, even when he's sick at night and I'm like, you know, rubbing his back and I just think I'm powerless to get into your immune system and make it work more efficiently, you know, um, prayer is like the only like tangible thing that I can practice in that moment outside of like being with him. And so I think, I think the beliefs I've been holding are, um, I believe that love begets love and like kindness begets kindness and that violence is never a solution to, to manifest peace. And so I think I just try to practice those things. And I also, uh, I'm really just trying to pay attention to how people are behaving and how I'm behaving. And if I'm behaving in a manner that is hurting someone or hurting myself, I, instead of saying like, well, does this line up with these theological points? I, I, I just really ask like, is this causing any harm? And and I believe that that is like the way, if you believe in the Holy Spirit, um, the way the Holy Spirit like moves in us, it helps us have the wisdom to, to be able to navigate like what is hurtful, what is loving. And I believe that the world is nuanced. I think these broad brush strokes are not helping. Um, and so it, it does feel like a situation by situation thing. Like when I look at how Jesus answers questions it's like with stories or other questions or which in my opinion is like, use your brain. Like, you know, like, don't be afraid to ask, you know, don't be afraid to mess up and try again, you know? Um, but yeah. Yeah. So you've just in this conversation mentioned a lot about uh, how things are helping you or does this harm myself when I do this? Yeah. Tell me about, and all of us. Yeah. Forgot you guys were here for a second. Yeah. The lights are a little bright. Uh, tell us about uh, what that journey has been to kind of recenter uh, yourself a little bit in your spirituality. Yeah. And, um, you know, maybe uh, the difficulty in that, if you've kind of learned uh, a spirituality of selflessness, yes. to kind of reset, you know, it does actually matter if this is harming me or. Yeah. What do I need from this right now? And yeah. What's that journey been like? Yeah. Um, I think. Uh, I'm also projecting. In that no, question. this is great. Yeah, um, like I hope real... I give you the answer that you want me exactly yeah. to say. Um, no, I, I think um, I did a lot of disregarding my own intuition and my own like physical ecosystem. And I think we are taught a lot to like either push down or set aside the things that are happening in our body. So anxiety, panic, um, some of these things that like, and I don't mean just like baseline anxiety and depression, because I know that is a real thing for a lot of us. Um, like there would be times where um, I would be in my past marriage and I would have thoughts like, well, if he would just push me down the stairs or hit me, then I could leave. And um, that's like not a healthy thought. <laughs> and I know that now. Um, but like, if you're looking for like ways to escape, like my body had a really hard time coming to rest. Um, like I felt like my heart was beating fast a lot. Um, I felt like I was even getting sick a lot, honestly. Um, and I'm not, I just wanna say, I don't think, I don't think God makes people sick. So I just wanna make sure I'm making that clear. Um, I think we're good on that. Yeah, yeah, okay. I, I was like, we're all like, we're, we're all good on that baseline. Yeah. Um, so I think that um, 
I had to start paying attention. Like I remember when my friend told me, hey, I'm gay. And I was trained to say, well, okay, I can love you, but I can't love your lifestyle. Um, it felt horrible to say that. Like it felt bad. I didn't want to say it, so I didn't. But I was thinking like, okay, well, it's my duty because my theology says this is wrong. And if I'm doing my Christian duty, I need to make sure they know that I don't support their lifestyle while trying to love them, which I don't think is actually possible. Yeah. But, um, but it, it literally felt bad to say it. And so maybe we should be paying attention to that. Um, and it doesn't mean that like every second of every day, you're making some huge declaration of what you believe. Like I giving myself room to mess up and giving myself room to come back and say, actually, I think I've changed my mind. Um, so yeah, I think paying attention to like my actual inner ecosystem, do I feel safe? What's happening physiologically in my body? Do I feel like panicking? Do I feel like fleeing? Mm. Do I feel like fighting? Like, um, I think that God designed our bodies in this like amazing way that it communicates so much with us. Um, so it's just really just paying attention instead of just overriding and clinging to like what I was told was correct. Mm. Um, I was told to not question authority really on some level. Like, um, and I think it's good to have like adults, um, thinkers that we can trust to help us navigate life. Like, I think we need communal help um, of figuring out what is good. Um, but I think like a blanket, like, well, this is just what's true. Um, that didn't serve me at least in the way my brain works because I was like, well, I want to be good. So I'm just going to cling to what is good. Um, instead of paying attention to what was happening in my own self. Yeah. So as you look back on kind of that version of yourself, yeah. what's that process of kind of maybe grieving some of that? Like I'm, I know there's some freedom in it too, yeah. to say I'm a, I'm a different person and thank yeah. God I'm a yeah. different person. Yeah. But what's the, like, what, what have been those pain points to say this isn't, this is hard. What, what's been the hard part of changing your mind? Oh, oh, the act of changing my sure, mind. Sure, yeah. I, I asked six questions. No, and no, we'll yeah. On the last. I'm gonna end on the last one. The hardest part for me was knowing that if I was public about the things that I had changed my mind about, that I would lose belonging um, in the community that I had invested years in and that I loved. Now you're gonna make me cry. I told yeah. you I was gonna cry. Like, I still love all those people. It's not like that love gets eradicated. I mean, I have anger too, but like those good memories are still good, you know? Um, and I learned a lot like in church culture that I really like miss. I mean, I haven't been to church in like six years and there's things I miss, um, like the togetherness, um, the even just singing communally, but more just like the in-between moments, like the coffee hangout and the, hey, come over to my house or somebody's in trouble, like let's get a meal train going, like that kind of communal care. Um, knowing that me changing my mind was gonna excommunicate me, that's what I think made me hang on so long. And my job was tethered to the Christian life. I was, I was not just supporting myself, but three other people. And I knew if I was gonna like be in alignment publicly and personally, it was gonna have a high financial cost as well as like an emotional and social cost. And you know, I think a lot, because I know some of these people about people who've been in church work 
um, and they're like in their 50s or 60s and they've completely changed their minds theologically, but they are like in a church where they can't find a new job. Like they're supporting their family. And um, so they have to kind of like double down, right? On the beliefs that they don't really think. And that does extend my compassion to them. Um, I wish it could be different. I wish that belonging started with just belonging. And then we could all just continue to navigate and figure it out as we go. And that we could really have space. Like I loved y'all's, um, whatever that was. Yeah. <laughs> Confession. Yeah, we don't really, we, I whatever say that it, was. but everyone's like, it was whatever nice. that was. Yeah, everyone calls it that. Um, yeah. I love, what, is it minimalism? Theo- yeah, minimalistic theological minimalism. Theology. Yeah, yeah, I hadn't heard that. That's cool. Yeah, we, yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. You wouldn't have heard it. Yeah, I haven't heard yeah. it because I like yeah. it. I also haven't really been in these spaces for a while. So, um, yeah, so I think that that was kind of the biggest expense and I'm still, mm. I'm still paying for it. I mean, I have, um, I have people who have, uh, really made a concerted effort to, uh, degrade my public, uh, persona or reputation or whatever. And in some ways that is freeing because you can be like, all right, well, I guess I'm just going to be, you know? And, and just hope that everybody makes up their mind as they go along. And mm. that actually has been kind of a gift um, in sure, some yeah. ways. So, um, but yeah, I'd say the belonging piece. Does anyone else? I have like a real church need in my heart to pass a love offering. Anybody <laughs> some of you don't know what a love offering is. Yeah. You can Google it later. Please We're don't not do that. Do it, but, uh, that's like what's happening in my body. <laughs> that's, I have like an intrusive thought, like love offering. Everybody come forward and get saved again right after that. Yeah. <laughs> And then nail your sins on the paper to the cross that you write out, and we'll read them later. No I'm kidding. <laughs> too far. That was too far. Yeah, we went too far. <laughs> that was the line. I didn't. Ha ha! Church drama. That hurt a little. I don't like that. Um, okay, we're uh, yeah. Okay, two last couple things. How how has your uh, creatively your music? How has that shifted? Yeah. Well, I'm not in. Um, like Christian oriented spaces very often, but when I am, I um, have a real conviction to lyrically present, at least in this moment, what I believe is true. And so I'm like that person that shows up in a co-write because in Nashville, a bunch of songwriters, right? You know, or I'm part of this like worship collective that's really beautiful called Porter's Gate. And that's a space where they're practicing really well. People can hold different beliefs within the church and be together. But I'm the person in the room is like, okay, well, no blood language, no violence language. We need to like make sure our pronouns are equal. Like I'm like, boom, 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 boom. In order for me, selfishly, to feel um, good singing. So it's like, I love that I get to be on the microphone and choose the songs today. <laughs> like, I'm like, but I did talk with Josh about it. I was like, hey, is this cool? He's like, you're at the right place. So I was like, okay. Um, so yeah, I think, and musically, that's how that works. But I haven't, I made a, a record called All that I rewrote three times before I released it um, because I was trying, my theology was shifting in those years. And um, I put that out and, you know, it's fine. I mean, people, some people don't love, I love the record, but like, I think it confuses some people. Um, and I'm not sure if I'll do more music in the Christian space. I'm on the fence about it. I've been on the fence about it for years because not because I don't think it's not in me, but because I don't know if I want to deal with the backlash. Um, and then I have another project called Modispira, which I just write my own song. So I'm actually working, my last record was called Divorce and this record's called Mama. And 
um, it's all about postpartum depression, anxiety, body image. Basically, it's about transition of identity. And so, but it is for moms. I mean, people can enjoy it who are moms, but that's been really fun to put my energy into something that feels tangible. And like my other soapbox right now is how uncared for and uneducated and unnurtured the nurturers are who are going through this very transformative experience of postpartum. And so that's my new, there's going to be stuff coming out about that. I'm not the first person to have any of these ideas, but I just, I want women to be better resourced and I kind of do the tiniest thing I know how to do, which is make some music and, and, Talk about it. So, yeah, we yeah. will listen. Yeah. Everyone here is making a commitment. We're not going to love offering, but we will make commitments to listen. Every one of you. Okay, it's going to be good. So. Yeah. Um, okay, la last question. This is a I, this is a Barbara Brown Taylor question that she asks everyone. If you guys know Barbara Brown Taylor, some of you don't. That's okay. Uh, it's what is saving your life today? Hmm. Can I list a few things? Sure. Yeah, it's a multiple um, choice. Let's okay. do it. Yeah. Um, the weather, um, being beautiful and calm outside, uh, light roasted coffee, um, the FaceTime for my husband and my son, um, and the belief I will make it safely back to them, <laughs> um, and really getting to sing again with all of you. So, yeah. I'd say that. Thank yeah. you. Well, you guys thank Tifa for sharing today. Thanks for listening. If you're interested in Gather, check out our website at gatherhouston.org or visit us on Sunday at 10 a.m.